Welcome to the Rap Knuckles podcast, episode 25, awards season. Here we'll be giving out our awards for the past year and looking ahead for what 2022 will bring. Happy New Year, it is the Wrapped Knuckles, the, the very, very famous Wrapped Knuckles year in review. Yeah. Sammy, how are you? Happy New Year, but then I'm all good, I'm all good. Um, it's been, been a nice Christmas and New Year, but I've been missing the fights, if I'm honest with you. Um, yeah. We finally got a card this weekend, but yeah, it's been pleasant. I, I, have you got any news, House Fatherhood? Well, Fatherhood's brilliant, and I was actually going to say that I'd be remiss if we didn't briefly discuss UFC 269. Um, we were, of course, going to do a podcast the day after it all went down, and then my you know, baby had to arrive, and uh, which, which, which is probably more important, I'll be yeah, honest. Um, but it's great. I, I must say, I love every minute of it, and it was a nice Christmas. But if we go on to fighting matters... There's some points I... in 2022 content there to start the year. Nice. I did actually say that Pena could very well pull off an upset. You did. I did say it. I I didn't expect it to go as easy as it did for her, but I've got a couple other predictions um, that we can come into later. But, wow. What what a card. That, for me, is is the best card since the MSG card this year, uh, last year. The UFC have have had a phenomenal 2021. Oh, yeah, they, they got everything right. I think throughout the pandemic, they've got everything right, haven't yeah. they? And being able to keep putting the fights on. Obviously, having Connor back for two fights last year was a big help for everything. But if you just look at the the thirst and hunger now for MMA, it's incredible. And we saw it with, uh, I think, was it Usman Masvidal too? was the first one with fans back yeah. in in Florida. And it, it was just incredible, wasn't it? And... I think the years just progressed and progressed, and then it was a nice little sort of crescendo at the end of the year there with Oliveira, Nunes, and then obviously the Gaethje Chandler fight as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I think the, the the you know it was the icing on the cake, the way things have turned out, um, and the fact that Pena he pulls off an upset. They're talking about it as the biggest upset in UFC history. I, I don't think they're giving enough credit to Pena. Um, and look at the end of the day, you know, the thing with with Nunes is. We've been down this pathway before with her. Katzengano pulled up the same game plan. If you pressure her, you get in her face, you, she doesn't like it. And it, I mean, we haven't seen that for what, six years now? Um, <laughs> yeah, for a while. The, the rematch is going to be very, very interesting, but we can mm-hmm. come back to that in a minute. Um, yeah. So, look, it's been a stellar year, as we've said. Um, how I wanted to kick off the, the pod was to just show how badly I suck at predicting things. Oh, yes. so I forgot about these. So. Let's go back to Leith's 20 MMA predictions for 2021. And there is 20 MMA boxing predictions as well. Right? Have you got mine on there or no? I don't actually. Do you? Do you can you fish yours I, out? I, I, I'm going to have a look. I've got no idea. But go on. I'm going to wear about how bad you oh. <laughs> Uh, I predicted, number one, Connor gets to reboot his 2020 season, fights three times and wins the belt. 
Yeah, I mean, to be fair, like he, he did. You were close in terms of the fact if he hadn't broken his leg, he would have fought three times. Yeah, but I don't think anyone could have predicted what happened. You know, in them two forty-eight fights, it was great. There's some wallpers coming here. Uh, Figgy Smalls beats Moreno in the rematch. Well done, Leith. Uh, Habib versus GSP is made. <laughs> uh, Peter Yan remains bantamweight champ. Tick, tick. Yeah. Well, Brian or Brian Ortega beats Alexander Volkanovsky. He almost did. Uh, Max Holloway becomes the 155 pound champ again. Uh, no. Oh, I need to actually put... I had this in green, now I have to take it in red. Fuck. Uh, Amanda Nunes remains the £135, £145 champ. Well done, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zhang, Weili, Zhang Weili remains undefeated. Mm. Uh, Shevchenko versus Nunes is made. Clarissa Shields wins her pro debut. Ding! Yeah, fair play. AJ McKee becomes Belchor champ. Ding! Mm. Bellator set up a 205 Grand Prix. Ding! Yeah, that was a good one, that's for sure. Izzy beats Jan. Oh. Mm, okay. Izzy v. John- Jones uh, gets made second half of 2021. Oh. Yeah. John Jones doesn't move to heavyweight. <laughs> Ding! Yeah, but he hasn't moved anywhere. Francis <laughs> <laughs> Ngannou comes heavyweight champ. Stipe retires. Oh, ding! Uh, Kevin Holland goes six and all. Oh, for fuck's sake! Both Diaz brothers fight again. Ding! Yeah, fair play. Usman stays undefeated. Yeah. And Kayla Harrison signs for the UFC. Mm. Yeah, probably about eighteen months ahead of that one, aren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, AJ v Fury is uh, so for boxing. Sorry, AJ v Fury is made, but in the second half of the year, uh, Canelo fights Billy Joe Saunders and Triple G. Uh, you know, as the podcast progresses and we do this next year, there will yeah. actually be like a soundboard that we'll do. So I won't have to do this these shit sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben Junior versus Crawford gets made. Uh, we're so wishful. Um, what was that one? I got that right. Ding. Manny Pacquiao retires. Ding. Yeah. Wilder v Fury 3 is made. Ding. Mm. Lopez beats Loma again. <laughs> Tank Davis moves up to £135, becomes champ. That's. Mm. Ding. I don't know. Is he a champ? Uh, is he not a? Is he, he's a belt holder now? Is he not? No. I don't know. Oh, maybe like the WBA regular. I'm a dickhead belt or something like that. Yes. Not. Ding. Uh, <laughs> Josh Taylor becomes undisputed. Ding. <laughs> Charlo becomes undisputed. Oh. Mm. Triple G retires. No, he might as well be retired. Uh, David Benavides beats Plant. Sets up the Canelo fight in 2022. Ding. Pivol <laughs> uh, versus Paterviev is made. No. Joseph Briatze becomes mandatory. AJ beats Usig. Oh, for fuck's sake. Joe Joyce gets his rematch versus Usig. Fury versus White is made. Uh, 
Uh, Katie Taylor remains undefeated. Yeah. Just feels arguably got beat by Tasha Jonas, but you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Clarissa Shields defends her belt. Um, Naomi anyway becomes undisputed, and I said Lomachenko was going to retire. Some interesting shouts there. Yeah, I, I think I, I can't. I can't. I mean, I think I've found mine, and it says, "Who's sick to beat Joshua?" Um, What's the other? Is it Cambosis Junior to be undisputed at one three five? Um, <laughs> no, I didn't these. <laughs> I was actually, I'm, I'm looking at a different screen. I'm like, fuck you, <laughs> where did he manage it? Um, oh, I couldn't find them sadly. So look, I've got. I'm not going to say twenty predictions for MMA and twenty for boxing. I've got a few here that I do think is going to happen. Um, if I go through, Conor McGregor will this year see out the last of his fights in the UFC, which is two, and I think he will go on to fight Jake Paul in, unfortunately, the biggest fight in boxing history. <laughs> Do you reckon? Yeah, 100%. I, think? I, I just, I can't see it. I can't see it. He is getting pumped up to... What's scaling at about 190 pounds now? You're only doing that if you're wanting a shot at, let's be honest, the problem child. He <laughs> the problem child. No, but he, he hasn't even, he weren't able to work on his leg for like six months, was he? So he's just an absolute beefcake now. Plus, he, he drinks stout like five times a week. So like, he's obviously going to get bigger. I, I will, I'll eat this hat on my head right. if Jake Paul and Conor McGregor fight each other in 2022. Okay, money talks, and, and I genuinely think it's going to happen. Uh, John Jones is going to move up to heavyweight finally, and he's going to be beaten by the first for the first time. Just, just uh, but no, I, I I think I mean I'll come on to it in a minute. I I don't think that it'll be from Francis Ngannou. I think it'll either be from Stipe or Cyril Gagne. But more on that yeah. after. Jiri. Uh, Porhaska becomes the light heavyweight champ. Glover retires. I think Glover's done it all now. He he, he hit the, the summit. He got where he wants, but Giri is all sorts of wrong for Glover. And I actually think that that is going to be a brutal, brutal KO. Yeah. Um, yeah. Peter Yan's uh, going to get, sorry, I was going to say, Peter Yan's going to get his revenge on uh, Aljamain Sterling and he will become the unified bantamweight champ. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, we all saw how the first fight went. Yeah. Uh, what were you going to say before I rudely interrupted there? Oh, I was just going to say I love Yuri. So even though, obviously, I don't really want to see him murder uh, Glover because I love him as well, Yuri is the absolute future light heavyweight. I don't think many people beat him, to be honest with you. He's, he's yeah, so... Jones would be very interesting. I know. I don't think jo- Jones wants a piece of that, though, now. I mean, Jones is a fucking... He, he's a thick boy and he's a, he's a big piece of ass now. He's a big meaty man, you know what I mean? Um, and he wants to slap some meat around the heavyweight, don't he? So I can't see it. This is already looking like an unlikely one now, but Max Holloway gets his revenge on Volkanovski um, and wins the belt, but then begins his run at 155. Yeah, I, th- I think it's long overdue that, isn't it, to be honest with you? Yeah. 
I think Kayla Harrison remains in the PFL for another year, unfortunately. Mm. Um, more on that after. Um, I think Magomed Magomedov will win Bellator's Grand Prix tournament. I think he is the man to beat in that division. I think he will give everybody problems. Um, he he, and he is obviously co- cousin of um, Habib. Yeah, uh, they're all cousins, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. it's like the monarchy. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think Vadim Nevkov uh, becomes the world's best light heavyweight if he isn't already. I think he's going to absolutely smash. Um, oh God, who's he? Corey Anderson, isn't it? Corey Anderson, great, great save there. Uh, Amanda Nunes is going to retire because I believe that Giuliani Pena is her kryptonite and I believe that she beats her for the second time in the rematch. Mm. Uh, AJ McKee becomes lightweight champ. Uh, I fully expect him to go up and I think they're trying to book him in against Pitbull at 155. Um, and I think he'll take on the pit bull, other Pitbull brother once he's dispatched his brother. Um, I think Francis Ngannou beats Cyril Gagne, uh, but leaves the UFC a box. I don't think they're going to come in uh, and be able to work something out. And it'll be a ve- that is one of my stories to watch next year or this year rather. It's the Francis Ngannou situation because the UFC have massively dropped the ball on this. Um, it blows my mind uh, how they're treating him. Does it really uh, blow your mind, though? It's the UFC we're talking about here. I know, but, you, you know, look, there was so much expected of him after he beat Stipe. Um, he is he is the he epitomises what a heavyweight is in, in modern MMA. And for them not to realise and try and almost like wrap the business around him and make him a ginormous star just beggars belief I mean Francis Ngannou versus John Jones which we can come on to after but that is money we talked about it at nauseam one podcast many many moons ago that is the biggest fight in the heavyweight division since JDS versus Kane too um it's huge and and it just it doesn't make any business sense for them not to try and break break the bank to get him signed up. Um, and if he goes over to boxing, it's it's a massive, massive loss for, for the UFC. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Nate Diaz, I think, will sign for Bellator. Mm, interesting shows. Uh, I think Hamzat Shemaev will become 170-pound champ. Interesting. Uh, I think Izzy will remain middleweight champ. Mm-hmm. I think Valentina Shevchenko is going to become champ champ because uh, my thunder's been stalled here. And I actually wrote this out two weeks ago, just as an effort. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But listening to Ariel Hawane's show, GC, who does the betting for them, he actually said that Shevchenko was going to become a uh, champ and beat Penny again um, once Nunes is out of the picture. Um, so, yeah, my thunder stole there, but I thought of it was right, so fuck you. Um, yeah, and if, uh, show. If, Hawani, yeah. if Hawani wants a bit of this, he can come get it. Yeah. Um, you seen him in Dylan Dallas? D- D- yeah, Dylan. hilarious. That's another story to watch uh, yeah. for this year. Uh, Charles Oliveira, I fully expect, will remain lightweight champ. Um, I think Thug Rose will remain champ. 
Uh, I think the UFC will try and get Cheeto Vera versus Sugar Show 2. I think they'll try and get that made for quite a sizable um, uh, sort of prestige matchup in the summer. Um, I think that the two prospects that I'm going to talk about later, Ian Gary, Paddy Plimblett, will continue their fast tracks and will both stay undefeated in the UFC throughout next year. Uh, this year even, stop saying next year. And wishful thinking, but I think Diaz versus Connor 3 happens. Interesting. Interesting predictions. Well, yes. Thankfully, I don't have as many predictions as you. Oh, I've got 10. So if it, I love feel, it. If it feel, free, feel free to chime in on any that you've yes. got any opinions on, okay? So, uh-huh. first one, Cyril Gann becomes champ and is champ throughout 2022. So you're buying into the whole video and him looking as though he's handling Nganu. He's an, he's an all-round better fighter than Nganu, isn't he? But obviously Nganu's got that kryptonite. It's like Deontay Wilder, do you know what I mean? But I think Gan's clever enough to just stay away from him, especially in a five-round fight. Nganu will be absolutely fucked after a round and a half, and then Gan's just going to take over and probably stop him. Um, I've got Oliveira submits McGregor. <laughs> so you did, did, now enlighten me as to unless you've got other uh, other things to go on that will sort of build up this picture. But do you think that all the rumours about Connor leapfrogging Oliveira, um, uh, sorry, not Oliveira, Gaethje, is going to come to fruition? You know what, right? I don't know if it, any of it is true, but I really hope it is because of how fucking hilarious it would be to watch everyone just lose the shit if he comes back and gets a title shot in the summer. So it's actually on my wish list as well for this oh. year. And I really hope McGregor Oliveira happens in the summer. And I think Oliveira will submit McGregor in Brazil or Vegas. I like that. Um, I've got Kayla Harrison fight Cyborg, I think. Ooh, yeah, yes. I think she's... I'm all in it. Although the UFC is starting to, you know, plant the seeds a little bit that maybe something can happen there. I think the fight that's most likely after Nunes dropped the ball against Pena... Um, I think Harrison will fight Cyborg in not not necessarily Sam at Bellator, but maybe like a one fight crossover thing. They're a bit bit of a new Japan AEW yeah, type thing. Yeah, yeah. Love um, it. I've got Benil Darayush beats Makachev. <laughs> Come on, Darayush. Because <laughs> again, that would just be amazing. Like no one likes Islam Makachev. No one wants to see him be champion. It'd just yeah. be the hardest thing ever. Um Nate doesn't fight at all in 2022. I, I, th- I think he's going into one of their moods again now. Uh, like the Dustin Poirier fight, for instance, which you know is, ke- keeps getting mooted, and Nate just goes on Twitter and goes, "No, do you think you're a bum?" It's like, no, people actually <laughs> want to see that fight, and it's a money fight as well after the McGregor yeah. wins for Poirier. Yeah. Um, Joshua loses to Usyk again. Yeah, I've got some hot takes this year, you know, honestly. Um, I think Usyk's just too good, and I don't, I don't like Joshua. I mean, he should, he needs to bail Rob McCracken, but like, why is he in Dubai and like Mayweather's wearing like wellies, like coaching him? It's weird. Um, I've got Fury fights a load of bums and then vacates the title. Um, so on my wish list for this year is Fury to fight Dillian White. Um, they Frank Warren and all them. They'll find some excuse for it to not happen. Although so will Dillian White, him and Eddie Hearn are idiots as well at the moment. Yeah. But I think you will probably see Fury against 
I don't even know who's your heavy. He'll probably fight like fucking Ruiz or Charles Martin or yeah. one of these a, a rematch against Otto Wallen or something. And then um, when Usyk beats Joshua, he'll call him out and Fury won't want anything to do with it. Um, Crawford versus Spence doesn't get made. Oh, um, no, 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 no. <laughs> the annoying thing is my wish list and my predictions are like head versus heart. You know, my wish list, all these fights are on it. And then <laughs> literally on my predictions. I'd, I can't I'd... go. I, I genuinely, it's it's on my brought to predictions that, you know, spoiler alert, I do think that that fight is going to happen this year. I think mm. the stars line. However, I, I, I cannot have a, another year where three of the four big fights don't don't come to fruition. I can't. I, I, I'll, I'll be so disillusioned as a boxing fan. Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to at the moment, isn't it? But yeah, I, I don't know. It's boxing. I feel like that's just one of them cursed fights now, which I don't think we'll ever get to see until one of them loses, maybe. Um, I've got Usman retires before fighting Chimaev. Ooh! Yeah. I, I think I think Usman's probably got one more fight left in him, and I think it'll be in the summer. And I think he won't. He doesn't want any piece of Chimaev, so I think maybe he, he'll pluck someone else um, to fight and then retire, ride off into the sunset, and then Chimaev's got a nice vacated title to fight for towards the end of the year. Um, and then my last one was just Sean O'Malley loses at least once. Ooh, the mm. sugar show. Sammy's mm. not on board. I know, I know. Very I know. interesting. I know, I just, yeah. I mean, if you fight Vader again, I can't see that ending well. And I think most of the top 10 handle them pretty easily, to be honest with you. Oh, controversial. <laughs> uh, controversial. Right, well, look, I, I love these, actually. And uh, they're bold. There's some hot takes there. But some of them could definitely happen. Yeah. Um, my boxing predictions, I, I've not done 20. I've done. I've just done a few, right? I've got that I um sorry my contacts nearly fell out and I literally have gone a little bit like Stevie Wonder there. <laughs> uh, um so look I don't think the AJ Fury happens this year. Um I I am of the belief that you know Fury versus White is made and I think it'll be an absolute barnstormer but and and I fully expect AJ to come up with the goods against Usyk, but that's probably just the fanboy in me. But I don't think the stars are going to align. And I love your point about Fury potentially taking on a whole load of journeymen, etc. I think that he'll maybe fight White um, and then we'll go on to take on an Andy Ruiz, etc. No disrespect to him, but um, you know, I don't think we're going to see the household names and uh, <laughs> I, I read a I read a predictions thing, and a, a lot of people are saying that Fury retires altogether. He just gives up. Yeah, uh, that's, that's I, that thing. yeah I can imagine him. Um, look, for maybe yeah, fighting a few bums, vacating his title, and then just packing it in. I, I don't I don't think he's too forced. I don't think he's got that many fights left on his deal either. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, he's got form for it and unless there's something you know if you look at his career he's renowned for fighting journeyman anyway isn't he so 
I don't think we'll see much change there. Let's call a spade a spade. I mean, yes, like you just have to look at his resume, and we've again we've talked about that at nauseum, like, and I'm not, that's not me saying that you know AJ is the, the better fighter, but again, AJ has continued to to take on the who's who or the caliber that is is in this sort of generation bar fighting Wilder. Um, you know, I, I believe that Terence Crawford Spence Jr. Is, is made at the end of the year and it will be for all the marbles. I think you're going to see that being a massive undisputed uh, title bout. Um, I fully expect Spence Jr. to get rid of Ugas. Uh, I think Terence Crawford will potentially uh, take on um, my man Josh Taylor um, but or potentially get Keith Thurman. But I, I think that you fully expect that to be a winter showdown between them both of them um, and, and the biggest fight in welterweight history since Pacquiao Mayweather. But, of course, nothing of a, a part of that. But in terms of skill set, absolutely phenomenal. And so I, I hope, because for the past two years, all I've wanted is that fight to happen. That, for me, is the biggest fight um, personally, that I want to see more so than AJ vs Fury, I just think it's got everything. Yeah. Um, as I said, I think AJ gets the rematch against Usyk. I think he wins the title for the third time. Now, I put Canelo beats Makabu, but I don't know if you've seen the rumors today that uh, Canelo is heavily rumored to be disregarding this fight, and he's going to go and fight Charlo. I much prefer that. I, th- I think. Look, I, I, as much. As it would have been historic for him to go up to cruiserweight and win. No one wants us to what no one wants to see Maccabi versus Canelo. No. Canelo will be juiced to the gills and yeah. you know he, he'll handle him pretty easily. I think it there's more interesting fights around light heavyweight, super middleweight, and middleweight. Or I suppose he wouldn't drop back down to middleweight now, but super middle and light heavyweight. Yeah. Drag the Charlos up. You've got Benavidez there. I want to see the Golovkin. Um, trilogy because the first two like Golovkin's is kryptonite you know what I mean I think that's quite easy to see yeah um, you know we've got Bivol we've got Baterbiev who again is the boogeyman up there yeah so all the big fights for him especially money spinners are there yeah um, around that weight so I think a Charlo fight I mean both of them are long overdue a big fight I think what the other one got he he, he committed robbery of the year against that Castano didn't he in last yeah. year yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he clearly lost, and and so it's about time they did something. So I'll be interested to see if they can actually mix it with some elite level fighters. I don't think any of the four princes will fight one another. I, I just I, I I don't see it happening this year. Uh, I think Arthur Haney will become undisputed champ. I think he'll beat uh, Cambosis uh, Junior. Um, I, I am going to say that Savannah, Savannah Marshall beats Clarissa Shields, which is bold. Yeah. I can get behind that, to be fair. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that... Oh, I, can't. I, I promised myself I, it wouldn't be about him, but I think Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury will get made in 2022. There's a lot of gesturing going on. Yeah. I, look, I think at the end of the day, Jake Paul is currently, uh, you know, an annoyance and laughing stock amongst boxing circles. I think you'll get one other fight where it'll be a gimme fight against a, a, a no mark, probably another MMA fighter. Um, but I think the, the 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 public demand for him to fight a legitimate boxer. <laughs> I, I'm calling that term for Tommy Fury, but I, I I think I think the Tommy Fury fight will get made in the summer. 
There's a lot of rumours around him, Jake Paul and Chavez Jr. And the thing is, though, I really don't want that fight to happen because I think Jake Paul would win. Yeah. And then he's got all the credibility of me, not just a boxer, but a former world champion boxer, and you're never going to fucking hear the end of it. Like, if you're managing Jake Paul, the fight to make is Chavez Jr. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Because then even though you're going to... Like, people who know boxing know that Chavez Jr. is just like... He went from being a world champion boxer to just like you know his dad's that like the the kid who never leaves home and his dad's and you know yeah, everyone yeah. like he's just a slob and I, I don't even know how to describe him anymore. But for the sort of untrained eye, so to speak, on paper he's knocked. He probably knock him out as well. He's yeah. stopped a will a former world champion boxer. He's shut all his critics up, hasn't he? And then you'll get nut huggers like Ariel Helwani and stuff like that who'll keep carry on just trying to make a book off him. Yeah, and I, I, I'm pretty poor on, on Ariel Helwani's side. I mean, obviously it's because Showtime's paying him back yeah. uh, to big him up and be his cheerleader. But uh, the fight for me to make, and, and again, you know, it's it's going into MMA territory, but I think the Anderson Silva fight makes loads of sense. Uh, it, makes, it makes too much sense for... And involves too much risk for the Pauls to yeah. take that. Yeah, I'd love, I'd love to see it. Um, I think uh, Anthony Yard will get a shot against um, Smith, uh, Smith Jr. Um, I think Katie Taylor gets beat by Amanda Serrano. Uh, I, well, it's Amanda Serrano. Hi, look, Katie, Katie Taylor beats her handsomely. And I think Connor Ben will go on to beat uh, Adrian Broner. And then Kel Brook, uh, because I fully expect Kel Brook to beat Amir Khan. Okay. Uh, and then I think he will then go on to crack America. However, in my uh, list for this year, it's not fighting someone who's an American. It's uh, We can come on to it after. And then I'm going to complete polar opposite the one I said last year. Uh, because I'm a big believer in this man's ability, and I think he's got a huge chip on his shoulder. I think Loma will get revenge on Timofimo Lopez, and I fully expect him to be in and around, if not the top dog again at 135. Yeah, I could see that. The only issue is, though, because on my wish list is actually Josh Taylor versus Timofimo Lopez. Um, I think all the noises coming out of Lopez at the moment is that he's going to move up in weight. And I think the Lomachenko's only problem again is going to be it because there's money fights at that weight that don't involve him. Yeah, it's going to be tough to get anyone to want to sign him to sign to fight him just to prove himself because again, Lomachenko is by far the best fighter in the lightweight division. Yeah, like yeah. comfortably, but yeah. no one's going to volunteer to fight him, are they? No, I know, I know. Right, well, look. Those predictions are bold. There's a lot of hot takes there, so I thank you very much for that, Sammy. Now let's go to the real crux of things. The mm. reason that people are probably skipping past all that shit. Yeah, yeah. Getting ready for the prestigious Rap Knuckles Awards 2022. Is it 2021? Uh, well, it's 2022, and it? it's like the Grammys, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, is, it, I, oh no, is it the Oscars that they do at the start yeah, of the year, but it's for the yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, kudos, by the way, for your shit soundbite there as well. Yeah, oh, yeah you're welcome. Keep that up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so look, uh, I'll let you. We'll we'll go we'll go part and part, right? So my fight of the year 
in both MMA and boxing, I've actually done it in male and female categories for both sports. So my oh, fight that, that, that look like a sexist then. Uh, <laughs> nice one. I right down Katie Taylor. <laughs> down Taylor uh, so look, my 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 male fighter of the year in MMA is Kamaru Usman. I think it goes without saying Kamaru Usman had a phenomenal year uh, in the UFC. Remains undefeated. Remains top dog at one seventy. Um, and actually, as the the metrics will show it, um, this year he has come on to become potentially a pay-per-view draw. Um, and th- look, there's a lot to like about him. Um, he is really becoming a mainstay of that welterweight division. And I, I think it's going to take something special to beat him. More on that later. Um, mm-hmm. So my female fighter of the year. Now, the reason actually I was going to say why I've picked these fighters for me, it's not just about what they've done in the cage. It's about what they're doing outside it. It's the storylines that come with them. It's maybe how they've got themselves out there with their personal brand, etc. So the reason I'm picking this female fighter uh, for MMA fighter of the year is because she's been everywhere and she started playing a bit of cat and mouse game with the three big promotions in MMA. And it is, of course, Kayla Harrison. But Kayla Harrison's done something different this year as well. She's actually been on pro wrestling, AEW. She's been cutting mega promos on the likes of Ariel Hawani's show. She's a bad bitch and she doesn't care who she offends. And she's got something about her. We've been singing her praises for the past couple of years, certainly since we've done this pod. Um, and for me, it is a shame that I don't think we'll see her in the UFC this year and we won't even see her in the second biggest promotion, Bellator. But Kayla Harrison, for me, wins the PFL tournament once more, starts having everybody and their grandmother wanting to join her promotions. Even Triller apparently put an offer together. But Kayla Harrison, for me, it's just the sky's the limits for her. Funnily enough, um, I agree with everything you've just said because I picked both of the same. Um, yeah. I had Kamaru Usman because you can't really argue with what he's done this year. Yeah. Um, I was tempted to go with Oliveira, but I've given some kudos in, in later awards. Yeah. Um, but look, Usman's beat the cream of the crop this year. He's done it convincingly. Well, uh, well, he's done it twice convincingly and then had you know a fight of the year contender with Colby Covington. Yeah. So, um, look, you can't really argue with Usman. And then I've had to just scribble down the two female fighters of the year in boxing and UFC. But yeah. I actually did before you went on that very good and impassioned um, explanation. <laughs> I actually wrote down Kayla Harrison as well um, for literally yeah. the reasons of she's got literally the whole MMA universe by the nuts. Yeah. Like, she's made such a good power play. She's, you know, taken a leaf out of, you know, even a McGregor-style book in yeah. that she's marching to the beat of her own drum. She's making yeah. absolute coin. Yeah. Whether it be inside the octagon winning fucking million-pound tournaments in probably combined two minutes cage time. Yeah. And then outside of it, building the brand, going on Helwani, going on AEW, um, being, you know, the UFC actually putting her on the big screen when she was ringside, which they would never, ever do for many Bellator fighters or anyone like that. Yeah. So I think she's built a brand really well. Um, Hisham Azuz would be proud. And um, yeah, I, I think 
Yeah, I, I, I think she, there's no, you can't really look past her. I would also say she's a really nice person as well. She's adopted two kids, so she's got. A, she's a she's a working mom as well. Um, I I, I I've got. Are you sure, she hasn't just got like a house husband, they're like Oprah's husband. You know what I mean? It's like oh, yeah, no. she, she she's just making bank, and then he's not going to argue with her because she'll probably kick his head in anyway. She does it all. She's she's just she's she is for me. Uh, marketed correctly, she could be bigger than Rhonda, and and that's saying mm-hmm. something. Um, yeah, so yeah, great, great, great year for both Kamara Usman uh, and Kayla Harrison. Um, in boxing, uh, look, it goes without saying. I think that we should have just called this the Canelo Alvarez Award. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he became the first man to become undisputed champ at one sixty eight. He he is literally. Again, another fighter that we have talked about at nauseum about you know speaking just the superlatives of him. He's amazing. I mean, he's now completely boxed. Hello, Alvarez fight is big business. It's uh, a fight that you know, you stay up for us. You stay up to watch, um, and and you want to know if, if he's going to do well or is the, is he going to come unstuck? I mean, the, the Caleb Plant fight uh, that he last fought in, you know, he, he made it difficult for himself, but eventually, like true champions, he found a way to win. Um, and there's a storyline to him as well. <laughs> we had the whole uh, slap incident in the Caleb, uh, the Caleb Plant press conference but the man is you know he's got english now <laughs> he's right. he, he, he just watched watch scarface a million times hasn't he and he, he literally sounds like tony to me <clears throat> uh but this again much the same as kayla harrison the sky's the limits for him um and and if he can go on look if he doesn't end up fighting makabu you know, it's no great, great loss. But if he goes down, you know, and, and wants to fight the the Charlo brothers, I'm I'm all in for it. To to coin a a tyranny phrase there, um, and then look again, it, could he go up and, and fight at cruiserweight? I want to see the Beterbiev fight. I think you touched upon it um, at the start of last year and finding the right moment to get him. Beterbiev in his last fight looked a little bit like the reflexes weren't were quite catching up with him. Yeah. Times catching up with him. Is it the right time for Canelo to get him? Um, but again, must see TV. Canelo has become, um, and he's one of my favourite fighters now. And yeah, I'm jumping on the bandwagon probably because I wasn't I wasn't a massive fan of him back in the day when he used to get some contentious uh, results. You know, be it the GGG one, etc. But for me, he's just, he's a joy to watch. Yeah, I think, I'd, I mean, I've gone for him as well. And it's more, one, the activity, which is rare for a champion in boxing in the last sort of 20 years to be yeah. fighting three, you know, I think it was four times in 11 months. Yeah. Uh, from the back end of December. Um, and obviously he's added that, con- just the conclude, con- what is it, conclusivity of it now of, we when he was fighting at junior middleweight and middleweight and we were pissed off about decisions against Austin Trout and yeah, Eric Landy yeah, Lara, yeah. Gennady Golovkin. Now he doesn't let it get to that. No. You know what I mean? He, he's vicious with everything he throws and whether you can argue all day about the source of that power or whatever, but ultimately he, he's getting in there regularly and he's sparking cunts out, you know what I mean? And look, <laughs> there's no sort of better way to put it. And Look, he, he absolutely deserves uh, all the accolades that'll come towards him after 2021. He deserves a bit of a break and then hopefully 
you know, is a Cinco de Mayo rumoured to be fighting Charlo, which again is a good test for him. And yeah. I have no doubt that he's going to knock him out as well. Yeah. And, and, and that again, that's, that's another thing on it as well. Like it's the, the method of his victories. Now he isn't yeah. point scoring. He is actually going in there for the kill and never count him out. Like yeah. even from the, the back in the day with the, the Kovalev fight, he was massively losing on points there and still manages to come back and knock him out. He's just got it. He's a, and it, you know, I'm not being you know like controversial when I say this, but I do think it he's been more endeared to to the the sort of mainstream audience now and the American audience for that matter by the fact that he does actually speak English now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and and the, how he says it like that that get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> it's quite. I could listen to it again. Payday, payday. <laughs> um, my female fight of the year is is Katie Taylor. Look, by her own, you know, probably by her own viewpoint, she fought three times this year. You know, there was the unanimous decision win against Tash Jonas, uh, unanimous decision win against Jennifer Han, and then against Sharapova in on the 11th of December. Look, I, I thought she struggled. It's not been a sterling year from her in terms of performance, but look, she retained all her, uh, her lightweight belts. She's an ambassador of the sport and hopefully this year uh, the, the start of super fights come her way. The Amanda Serrano fight is going to be massive from a, a you know women's boxing perspective um, and she deserves it. She's one of the, the nice guys slash girls of the sport um, and she deserves everything that she gets but I think she's going to come unstuck against Serrano unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I hope it's a good year for her and I can see why you picked that. Yeah. My, my reasoning is a little bit salty. Well, not salty. Well, it, it, it's born out of saltiness. Right. So my female fight of the year is Alicia Baumgardner, who knocked out Terry Harper. Um, yeah. And that's because I hate Terry Harper because um, she got gifted a decision against Tasha Jonas with a belt and Tasha should be walking around as a unified world champion right now. And she's not. And I blame that on Terry Harper. So the satisfaction I got from seeing her getting knocked spark out the other month was amazing. So thank you, Alicia Baumgartner, and I'm going to follow your career intently from now on. <laughs> the good thing about the Rap Knuckles podcast is there's no malice in what we say. <laughs> uh, we don't hold grudges by any stretch. Uh, so, yeah, anybody... If, like. You know, any Terry Harper, if you want us to come on and have, have a chat with you. Yeah, I was gonna say that there's our first guest of 2022. There, <laughs> um, look, fight of the year. Um, I did MMA and boxing again. Look, there could only be genuinely, there could only be one winner, uh, in from an MMA standpoint, and that is Chandler versus DHE. Yeah, um, one of those fights that you could quite easily watch again and again and again and never get tired of it. Um, and I also, controversially, maybe, I didn't go for the obvious choice in boxing. I actually went for Timo Fimo Lopez versus Cambosis Jr. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's that's not because I'm team AJ, by the way, or uh, anything yeah. theory, but... I just went for, but purely because, again, if we go back to my reasoning with some of these stuff, the storyline that went into it, Lopez was supposed to, this was supposed to be a cakewalk for Lopez. Um, he talked a big game uh, and and just what unfolded in the fight itself with Cambosis Jr. not being afraid, fighting fire with fire, getting in his face, disrupting him. 
uh, his rhythm as well, and and just even the aftermath from it as well. That did that feud didn't get settled. Uh, I, I, for me, that's what makes boxing great, and and that's my fight of the year. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. I mean, I I went for the obvious one. Obviously, I got Gaethje yeah. Chandler in the UFC, and then went for Fury Wilder three, and it, I think it was purely because. After the first two fights, you thought you'd sort of seen it all between the two of them. You know, yeah, you yeah. Think that, but in the build up to that third fight, no one was really that bothered, um, yeah. especially boxing journalist wise. And yeah. I think me and you were pretty convinced as to what way the fight was going to go. Yeah. And although I've re watched it a couple of times, and bar that knockdown, I think is it round four or five where Wilder knocks Fury down, yeah. um, you know, it is a pretty much one side of beating. Uh, but I think the drama of it all, it, it, it wasn't beaten by any other fight, I don't think, this year and or last year, sorry. And it was a nice way to sort of round it off and having that picture of, you know, Wilder sort of tumbling down, like, you know, <laughs> literally like a tree. Yeah. And Fiori looking menacing, I think, yeah, it was a nice way to cap off the trilogy and that was the best fight. Great. I like to be different. I like to, I like to, yeah, I like yeah. to go to the hipster. Yeah, yeah, a little edgy. Yeah. Uh, as I say, what I'm about to say, what the KO the year is for both boxing and MMA, which are the most obvious choices. Uh, look, it's been it's been a sterling year from in terms of KOs in MMA uh, and in boxing. Look again, I go back to without sounding like a broken record. Talk about the storylines, looking beyond it. I went for Kamaru Usman versus Jorge Masvidal. Jorge had never been knocked out, sparked out, cleaned out for that matter. Uh, some of the pictures that went out with afterwards, with the sweat that was just cascading across them like some sort of tornado, um, and the fact that that was the most unlikely thing to happen. You know, yeah. we talked about it before that Usman was probably going to wrestle fuck him, pancake come on the floor, maybe get a stoppage out of that, a referee stoppage. But I did not expect that the way that it unfolded. I wanted Jorge to win. Um, th- this fight in particular is where I began to see, well, actually, there's there's a different side to Usman now. He's adding different t- uh, you know uh, skills to his, his tool belt, and you know ultimately um, the this is all down to you know the work that he's been doing um, you know with Trevor uh, Whitman. Whitman, yeah, thank you, thank you. But it, it was it was a beautiful beautiful um, over right hand that that Masvidal didn't see coming. Um, and then on on from a boxing perspective, I went with Oscar Valdez versus Miguel Bercher. If you haven't seen this KO, it's scary. I look at it back again. I still think, oh my god, he's he's brain damaged. Uh, how, how did he how did he manage to pull it off? But that for me is massive KO in in a matter. Yeah. Well, I've actually gone with two different ones. I think that's the first, it's just the first category where we've got two different. So, my KO of the year in MMA was Corey Sandhagen against Frankie Edgar. Wow, love it. Like, flying, uh, love it. I, I just think technically, yeah, you're not going to find a better knockout than that yeah. over the course of the year, no matter which one you look at. It was just incredible. The timing of it was just perfection. And even though it was sad to see, it was just a thing of beauty. And no, I think that was the biggest positive Sandy Egan could take out of 2021, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple yeah. of times. And then um, for boxing, I went for Conor Ben against Chris Algieri. Nice. And 
Yeah. I know you think uh, there's probably a bit of a recency bias there, considering yeah. it was only about a month ago. But I remember when I watched it, I was like, "Oh shit, the bed!" Like I haven't seen someone that sort of standing knocked out like oh, you know what I mean yeah. in in a while, especially in boxing. And and when you talk about stories and backgrounds and things yeah. like that, it was supposed to be a bit of a test for Ben, yeah. and he absolutely just obliterated them and said. Right, I'm here now, and the whole thing yeah. with his dad after it, stepping out of his shadow and so on. Yeah. It was very WWE, but yeah, yeah. yeah. look, I, I was in for it, and I think that that was the best boxing KO I saw last year. Yeah, and do you know, in all honesty, it was one that I did think about, but then I like what you just said, you hit the nail on the head. There's a bit of recency bias there. Yeah. But again, the, the storyline was he was going to be somebody who was going to give Connor some problems, and just the way that he connected with with that shot was a thing of beauty. And and, and again, big things expected for Conor Ben in 2022. Definitely, definitely. My sub of the year is the man who won sub of the year last year. And I've gone for AJ McKee versus Pitbull. Again, okay. talking about the storylines that went with it. This was the biggest fight in the Grand Prix that the, the Bellator would have wanted. This, these were the two fighters the Bellator would have wanted. There was a little bit of trash talking before it. There was almost a change in the guard moment, old line versus new line. AJ McKee is the future and the flagship, uh, I guess, the star player of Bellator now. He is going to come, become one of if he sticks with them he will become their michael chandler uh that that you know michael chandler for years was uh you know the, the, the a player in that but the way that he did it against you know pitbull who's been dominant for the past five years in the promotion and actually a stand and choke pitbull was out he was done um and, and again you know, AJ McKee showing that he's not just a one-trick pony. Uh, he's got some slick submissions, um, and and it was the icing on the cake. He was the one that I wanted to win that tournament, and for the way that he did it, handling Pitbull, never ever really getting flustered in under two minutes as well. He is my sub of the year. Yeah, and that was a nice story, I suppose, for him and his dad as well, wasn't it? Yeah. it was uh, I, 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 I see why you picked it, but I'll raise you. And Anthony Hernandez versus Rodolfo Vieira. Yes. No, I do like this. Because that was just like, I know often you don't like laugh when you watch the UFC. Yeah. Yeah. But watching that and just the beauty of the commentary of Rodolfo Vieira, BJJ, absolute win. Yeah. And then he just gets, he just absolutely tanks in about, yeah, this is the second round thing about, Half thirty seconds into the second round, it's like he's just gone. Yeah, and then for the Anthony Hernandez to then sub him, yeah, it's just it, it was an absolute thing of beauty. And that's not me having a dig at BJJ, by the way. I, I love yeah. all you. But just, just on that, right? If you look at it, it's not exactly it's 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 not the greatest sub, but it no. just goes to show that Anthony Hernandez just. Withstood the tidal wave that that that, that Vieira came with it, um, and it just eventually tired them out. And yeah. I think within the betting lines, to for him to sub him, it was the biggest bet that he could have got this year. Just uh, apart from the next uh, 
person will come into for upset of the year. But yeah, I, I will give you that one because it, it was, that it was, was not expected. It was great for you. I remember sort of messaging you around the time as well and thinking it was hilarious. And I did want to give an honourable mention to Tom Aspinall against Andre Arlovsky. Yes. Because, I mean, Aspinall is the biggest prospect in the UFC, bar none. And yeah. that was really impressive, the way he dealt with Arlovsky. So I, d- yeah. I did need to give Aspinall a shout out there. Great shout. Um, my upset of the year in MMA and boxing, look, recency bias, but let's be honest, it, it still will be um, heralded as one of the biggest upsets of all time, is Juliana Pena versus uh, Amanda Nunes. Yeah. And I've gone from boxing, Kiko Martinez versus Kid Galahad. Mm, well, the, I went for a mixture. Well, I went for Juliana Pena, but I, the Kiko Martinez, that was amazing. Yeah, and I've done it slash Sando Martin against Mikey Garcia. Yes, yes. I went, I went for the two Spaniards, and I thought it was interesting that for the Mar- Sando, I'd never, I'm not gonna lie, I'd never heard of Sando Martin before he fought uh, Mikey Garcia. So yeah, I was yeah. it's gonna be a walkover, and for some reason, Mikey Garcia has always been sort of put on a pedestal. He was, he, he fought actively and won world titles. Yeah. the lower weight and then over the last sort of four years hasn't really fought but has always flirted with like a Pacquiao fight and yeah. is considered quite a big name and then he was getting paid a fortune for this the zone card yeah and for Sander Martin to come in announce himself and pretty, pretty I thought pretty handily won against yeah. Mike Garcia as well I thought yeah. that was good for Spanish boxing and then obviously a few weeks later um the man Kiko he's been an art he's graced British boxing television screens for the past got to be 10 15 years surely hasn't it he's been in some absolute wars yeah and for him to stop kid galahad like that it was brutal and it was just it was a thing of beauty though hanging in the louvre honestly do you want to see even even more uh, like shocking uh, out of coming out of it kid galahad doesn't go for the immediate rematch now uh josh warrington is going to get the, the was, was that kid galahad though or was that eddie to his old tricks well, who knows? I mean, the, you know, Kid Galahad, I thought, would have been chomping at the bit to get that going again. Um, but now he's saying that he's going to be moving up in weight. Uh, I wanted to see Kid Galahad versus Josh Warrington again. Uh, I, I think it's uh, it's a real shame that we wouldn't get that fight. Um, but And also, I wanted Josh Warrington to maybe get some revenge, uh, you know, because obviously against the Mexican... Uh, yeah, well, I feel sorry for Emilio Lara because he... he yeah. He beat him quite con- conclusively. Yeah. And then the other one got stopped because of a head injury, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And then just Josh Wagonson just shit himself now and just gone, oh, if I Kiko Martinez. So please, Kiko. Oh, God. One more. One more. One <laughs> yeah. more. Please. One more and then retire. And then yeah. obviously become fighter of the year in the Rap Knuckles podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, story of the year for me in MMA, and, and I guess you could kind of say in boxing as well, but. The fans returning in MMA, uh, especially for the Usman uh, Masvidal fight after the shit show that's been COVID for the past you know, 18 months before that. Uh, I, I just thought it was great. And, and what an event. Like everybody, uh, the majority of the card was 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 an absolute standout. Um, and then in boxing, again, I, I hate to give this man, uh, you know, the, the <laughs> notoriety, but... Jake Paul is everywhere, and unfortunately, guys and girls, he ain't going away anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, well, that's it. I think for my boxing, I did, well, it was kind of a mix of both, but Jake Paul versus Dana White, but yeah. um, 
yeah, I think just uh, you can't really say anything else other than what you just said there. Really, he's not going anywhere anytime soon. I think people, I, I don't mind him being there, but people need to really get a grip. And it makes me doubt the integrity of a lot of boxing journalists now. Of, I mean, just the combat journalists in general, obviously, look at Ariel Helwani just pandering to his every move. And it, it is, it, it makes me sick sometimes just like to visually watch someone lick someone's balls that hard. But then also, like ESPN's knockout of the year, Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley. Stop. And Stop. You know, they're supposed to be legitimate. Like, they get paid yeah. to write and give opinions about combat sports, boxing, MMA. And they basically just discredited... It's like they didn't watch boxing that year and have just only paid attention to Jake Paul. But it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him and Dana and how far this goes. Because I think Dana genu- generally genuinely has he's got someone there in Jake Paul who's not going to be intimidated by him and doesn't yeah. you know he doesn't need to he doesn't earn a crust off anything Dana White does yeah. so it'll be interesting to see who sort of buckles first and that um and I mean then, I, I, I do I do like him him calling Dana White out in the UFC out I mean, we've 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 talked about it like fighters are, are the majority of the fighters that are not named Conor McGregor and maybe they are getting they're getting rough justice. They aren't getting paid what they need to. The aftercare beyond fighting isn't there for them. It's not like the NFL where they've got a pension for life. So I like him calling out on that. But from a boxing standpoint, he has no business being discussed um, in 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 the same breath as a Crawford as a Canelo. But yet he's winning these awards for, as you said, people are getting paid quite a substantial amount of money and are seen as specialists in this uh, and the go-to players when it comes to boxing knowledge um, and insight. And and that man's getting touted with that. Yeah, I know. It was sad. But I also had on the UFC side from a story of the year, um, I couldn't pick between two. So I had Charles Oliveira, you know, the journey he's been on, winning the title, also, dispatching a Poirier as well. I think the fairy tale just keeps going on. And from yeah. when he got initially got announced to have the um, title shot against Chandler, that journey for over 12 months, sort of to where he is now, where yeah. he looks like a bona fide champ. You know, yeah. he looks like a star. He's got the swagger. He, he's also got that, like, geeky, dweeby way as well. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. But he, he just looks like he's getting better and better in each fight, I think. And yeah. so it, it's been amazing to see him from obviously where he was 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. And it was between that and Chris Curtis. Um, okay. Love it. Yeah. Chris Curtis, I mean, he, he's been on the scene for years, hasn't he? He went, he never, ever got a chance in the UFC until a late notice fight. Well, two late notice fights in October and November and stop, you know, one by stoppage in both of them. Yeah, um, went six and zero last year in about five different promotions as well. So you know, talk about you know really grinding and never giving up to get your way to the top there. So you know, it, I think Chris Curtis deserves all the plaudits, and I hope he, I hope him and his family had a nice Christmas after what he was saying after his last win as well. That's great. Uh, no, I love that. Brilliant stories. Um, look, I've got five to watch in boxing and um, MMA this year. The five in MMA. 
it goes back to somebody that I, I I was you know was my number one pick, but I will stand by it because you know he came back uh, for one fight this year after having COVID. But Hamza Shumayev for me is the man to watch. He has all the tools and attributes to become bigger than Habib in terms of from a superstar status. Um, he, he's more of a finisher. He's more aggressive. He's entertaining to watch. And uh, I, I actually fully expect him to become uh, champ this year um, and beat Usman um, because I think he's got all the tools to do it. Um, so Hamzat Shumayev, number one for me. Next on the list, Alec Pereira. Alex Pereira holds two uh, wins. about him? Yeah, holds two wins against Izzy in glory kickboxing. And you know, we saw his, his debut at MSG with a, a knockout out of nowhere, flying knee, I think it was as well. Um, talking of MSG, Ian Gary uh, is, is my third pick. I think Ian Gary is going to have a massive UFC career. And I think this year, if he's picked it, you know, if they if they match him up correctly, he'll only continue to get better and better. He's a young rising uh, up rising gun, which you know, young gun from a I guess a heavyweight perspective, but Tom Aspinall is for me. I will fully expect Tom Aspinall to be fighting for the belt by the end of next year. Again. All, a lot will depend on, on who he's pitched up against. But Tom Aspinall versus Cyril Gagne, that's not a fight that I would worry about him. And Gagne's a little bit different because he's just so unpredictable. But Tom Aspinall versus Cyril Gagne, I'm all for. I think it would be a really, really intriguing match. And I think big things are expected. Uh, I think that would be the most technical heavyweight fight ever. Yeah, I think so. Uh, that's, I think that's a great shout, actually. And then, look, one of my compatriots, even though she doesn't say that she's from Scotland, but Casey O'Neill, I think, will have a huge 2022. Uh, our story as well, if you get the chance to to see her interview with Ariel Hawani, she's, you know, she resides out of Australia now, but this is a girl that only picked up MMA about three years ago and is now in the biggest stage in MMA. Uh, so I think Casey O'Neill is going to have a huge, huge 2022. Uh, in boxing... You want, um, you want me to do my MMA? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, on you go. Please do. Yeah. Sorry. So my five for MMA, couple of crossovers with you. I've got Tom Aspinall, first and foremost. Yes. Evan just said there, I think he's destined for big things. Probably the biggest breakout star of the UFC in 2021, Paddy the Baddy. Um, pick him. I knew it. I knew it. I, could, I, I knew that was going to be one of your uh, picks. You can't ignore the hype. Do you know what I mean? And I think Boy. If, if if he gets matched again, if he gets matched correctly, he's going to make a lot of noise this year and he's going to win a shit ton of cash as well. And yeah. also, he's probably got the beating of most of the lightweight division. So, you know, well, you just sit back and watch the show. I've, I've also picked another guy out of that, um, you know, young lightweight scene, and Terence McKinney. Oh, um, nice. Good, good shout. He's, again, you're talking about background stories and things like that. He's got a really, really interesting one if you ever get the chance to look at it. But look, he's got two seven second KOs on his resume, and obviously his first one in the UFC on short notice. So, um, I'm imagining not many people are going to be lining up to fight him and potentially him versus Paddy Pimlet at some point this year is a big fight, I reckon. Um, I've gone for Kayla Harrison because nice. I think not not necessarily that she hasn't established herself, but I think her career and the moves she makes this year are going to be really intriguing. Yeah. 
you know, where, wherever she ends up and, you know, the fight she's always in. And then I've gone for two out of the Irish contingents. I've gone for Ian Gary, like you said. Yeah. And I've gone for Leah McCourt as well. Um, I know she's apparently potentially in the number one contenders fight against Sinead Kavanagh in Bellator in Dublin in February. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she's been bigged up for years coming out of Ireland, hasn't she? So it'll be interesting yeah. to see if she can actually capitalise on that now. Great shout. Uh, they're, they're brilliant, brilliant picks. That the, the, those, those last two in particular, great shouts. Uh, so five to watch in 2022 for me. I've got Ryan Garcia. I, th- I, I'm, I did. I, I was umming and ahhing over him. I, I, I vilified him a couple of pods ago, just saying, get your shit together. Uh, I hope you get you know, beyond his mental health issues and, and just come and fight. Stop being a keyboard warrior. I do think this will be the year that he'll just take a springboard like he did against, uh, you know, at the start of last year. Uh, and I, I, I fully expect him to, to be, you know, the, 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 the main man at 135 eventually. Um, again, you know, Ryan Garcia versus Tank Davis, I don't think will happen, um, but I want to see that fight. Uh, we talked about him earlier on, but Conor Ben for me, is going to be the big, big fighter in, in, in Britain. I think he's really started to get his personal brand out there as well. I mean, he, he, more often than not, I see him probably on Good Morning Britain more times than I've seen him on Sky Sports. Uh, him and his old man are constantly on it, but look... He's got the look, he's got the style, he's a fan-friendly fighter, um, and he's just, it's like he's got his shit together. We talked about, um, you know, when he's starting out, he had this chip on his shoulder, and he would constantly, you'll know, feel like he had to prove himself. He'd get in an unnecessarily tear-ups, which are, is not good for his early stage career, taking a lot of damage. But now he just looks like a refined boxer. And you said it best, stepping out of his dad's shadow. I, I think he'll do that this year. I don't think he'll get um, necessarily belts Nick, uh, this year. However, one of my uh, wish list fights will come on to it in a minute. I think he could potentially get European honours if he wants to go down that route. Um, next fight for me is actually Caroline Dubois, uh, Daniel oh. Dubois' sister, spanning out of uh, obviously the Tokyo Olympics. Big things expected her for her in the women's division. She looks the part. She's the real deal. Um, but and she, she fancies herself as well, doesn't she? Yeah, she yeah, yeah. She's up, she's game. Like. Definitely got the personality from the Dubois uh, family. <laughs> yeah. uh, she's taken clearly taken that up from Daniel. Um, <laughs> but and and also on just while we're on the the, the women's uh, divisions, I I think my Amanda Sinanu is going to have massive year and that will obviously um culminate with her dethroning um Katie Taylor and, and, and beating her as an undefeated record. And I've gone for somebody a little bit unknown, maybe a little bit unheralded, like I did with Edgar Belanga last year. But Keyshawn Davis is four and all. He spun out of the Tokyo Olympics for the American team. This guy has it. Uh I think he is as close to a Mayweather-esque type fighter that, that we've seen um, for, for a while. He's got it all. Uh, a young up-and-coming fighter. I think he's only 23. I think, again, matched favourably, you know, being his, his training and development, big things are going to be expected from this guy. Um, and he is my number five fighter to watch. That's interesting. I have to, I have to look him up a little bit more. But, um... That's good. Really good, uh, fast, nimble, great fighter. 
there's quite a British um, tint on my fives to watch, to be honest, I think four of them are Brits. So the first two I've gone for, someone who was on my list last year, to be honest, was Peter McGrail. Yeah. Um, obviously, he went to the Tokyo Olympics and unfortunately didn't do as well as predicted and ended up, I think, lost in the first bout. Yeah. But since not soon after that, went pro with Eddie Hearn and has looked yeah. incredible in his first two fights. Um, he, I think genuinely, despite his performance at the Olympics, is probably the most talented person that have come out of that crop. And um, if you just keep an eye on him, he's incredible for what he can do with them later weights. Yeah. Um, fortunately enough, his younger brother turned pro with Eddie Hearn on that December 11th card as well, Joe McGrail. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, both two scousers, really good, really handy. And I think, you know, could definitely do big things domestically and on the world level, particularly Peter. Um, third, I've gone for Lawrence Acoli. Um, Ooh, nice. Because, look, he finally won the world title and started coming out of his shell a little bit, didn't he, with a couple of yeah. knockouts um, at cruiserweight. And I think he's defending his belt and then is making noises about moving up to heavyweight this year as well. Yeah. I think he'd be a great addition um, up there. I think, especially with a lot of people not wanting to fight each other and there not being some top-class options, I think he could go up there and cause a lot of people problems and if they could ever make that manager versus boxer fight between him and Anthony Joshua, where that I'd, I'd actually be so there for that. That'd be very sort of, you know, Vince McMahon versus Stone Cold esque thing, um, except without the personality. Who um, <laughs> uh, fourth pick is Fraser Clark, um, another nice. heavyweight. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's making his debut on the Brook card. Yeah, um, and again, he's bad at his time. He went to the Olympics. He'd always played second fiddle to your Joe Joyce's and people like that. Yeah, um, but he's about thirty and he's just turned pro and is now obviously making his debut. He's not the type of person similar to Joyce who's you know going to wait around and try and build his resume. He wants the big fights now. He wants the money fights now. So I think over the next year, two, three years. They're going to see him in some big fights and it's either going to go really well or not, but someone's going to get knocked out because that's the type of sort of person he is. If you look at him, he looks like juggernauts off X-Men. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. And then my fifth pick is Shakur Stevenson. Yes. I like it. Yeah. Even though he's obviously a world champion. Yeah. A lot of people are talking about the four princes, aren't they, or four kings or whatever, um, lightweight. He's very much talking about moving up there and joining that conversation. So, I think he, he's a problem for anyone. And I think a, a fight him versus someone like Lomachenko would be one of the best fights we'd see. Yeah. No, I love them. The great picks as well again, Sammy. Um, my top five wish list fights in MMA, and, and I choose the term wish list, and I, I underline that because there's a couple of years that are probably unlikely, <laughs> so unlikely to happen. But you know, a guy can a guy can wish. Uh, look, Hamzat versus Usman is the fight I want to see at 178. It's the the fight that I think would be a test for both. Uh, an irrelevant test for both. We can talk about Hamzat being untried, untested. If he gets through Gilbert Burns and he does it well and he smashes him, he is going to get the Usman fight. Uh, he'll leapfrog Colby. Um, and, and again, if he was to beat Usman, he's a superstar. Um, and, and, but I think he's the type of fighter that Usman needs at this stage of his career. And if Usman was to, to beat Hamzat, 
what's he got left to do in 170? What has he got left to do in MMA? I mean, he would have beaten the you know this unheralded young line that everybody's touting about. But for me, that's that's the fight I want to see. In Ganu versus Jones, we've talked about it previously. It's the best heavyweight fight I think money could buy. And I just, I don't think, unfortunately, we're going to get to see it because I think, you know, win, lose, or draw, Francis is riding off in the sunset with not a big truckload of cash, unfortunately. Uh, he is going to try and find his fortune in boxing. Um, and, and don't be surprised if he ends up fighting Tyson Fury. You know, I know that Tyson Fury's thrown it out there on Twitter. I could actually see that fight happening, and Tyson would probably box his fucking head off. Um, so be prepared for that. The next one is wishful thinking. I want to see Charles Oliveira versus Habib. I want, uh, in somehow, I want... Benil Derayush to <laughs> beat um, uh, obviously to, to go out and, and beat Habib's compatriot but I would really really like Habib to try and get some revenge and try and prove that he is the number one lightweight in the, uh, the world um, but it will never happen but that's the fight I, I genuinely think that we so intriguing it's a real a, a brilliant matchup Uh Next one is Alex Pereira versus Izzy, but this time in the confines and locked in a cage of MMA rules. Uh, I want to see that fight, and I think, actually think Alex Pereira's got the beating of him in MMA as well, um, even though I'm a huge Izzy nut hugger. Mm. And then I want to see Kayla Harrison fight either Cyborg that you mentioned earlier on or Amanda Nunes. I think those are money fights. Definitely. And you can only hope again, it's a wish list, isn't it? But hopefully, hopefully, then the MMA gods are looking down on the boxing gods. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, mine isn't that long. And I think we spoke about a lot of them. Obviously, Spence Crawford goes without saying. We've said it about four times already on this show. Yeah. Um, Fury versus White. I don't think AJ Fury's going to happen, but I hope Fury, please, please, Dillian White, just take a decent purse and fight. You know what I mean? You're never going to get a better chance than this. And it's a huge fight for Britain. And I want to go. Um, Usman versus Chimaev again. I don't think it'll happen. I really hope it does because I think Chimaev's probably the only person that causes Usman any problems in that division now. Yeah. Um, Josh Taylor versus Tiafimo Lopez. Um, just because I think Taylor really batters him, and I don't like Tiafimo Lopez or his dad at all. Um, McGregor versus Oliveira because who doesn't want to see everyone just lose the shit? It'd be amazing. It's it's the biggest it, it by by far the biggest pay per view gate of any fight that the UFC could make as well. Yeah, uh, I, I Justin Gaethje. I'll start throwing dollies. Okay, throw dollies. No one gives a fuck what Justin Gaethje's doing at all. Let's be honest. You know what I mean? There's no one who's really staking a claim. Who wants to watch Charles Oliveira versus Islam Makachev? No one. Who wants to watch Charles Oliveira versus Benil Derayush? You know what I mean? I so, did. I did. Yeah, but you know what I mean. You're, you're in the minority so like, I think McGregor Oliveira is the fight to make and it'll be hilarious if it does happen Um, and uh, to be honest I've got John Jones actually fights that's all yeah. I've got written down so yeah. I mean it could be whoever he faces whether it's Ngarni for the belt Garn for the belt um, Stipe even Derek Lewis fucking you know I, I can get behind all them fights you know what I mean and um, I just want to see him you know, not look so sweaty and 
in a vest in some gym with Henry Cejudo pumping his leg and I want to actually see him in the cage and, you know, beating motherfuckers up like the Jones we know and love or love to hate. Unfortunately, I think that Jones is, is long gone. Um, but I, I want to see him back no matter what. Uh, my top five wish list fights in boxing are Fury Joshua, Crawford versus Spence Jr. Again, we could have fucking rewound the tape from last year. Yeah. Were still the ones I want to see. Crawford Spence more so than ever, as I said earlier on. Alvarez versus Benavidez. It's a fight I've been talking about for ages. As much superlatives I will, as I will give Canelo Alvarez, and think that there's you know he's pretty much unbeatable by most he faces. I still stand by it that David Benavides causes him a whole load of problems, and I want to see that fight. Uh, but I don't think we'll get to see it for another couple of years. Uh, Tank Davis versus Loma. I I want to see genuinely because I either think. Lomachenko gives him an absolute boxing lesson and bat, like punches his head off for 12 full rounds or Tank Davis catches him with a Hail Mary and absolutely comatoses him. Who knows what would happen, but I want to see it. And actually, the one that I've been talking about a little bit by little across the pod, I want to see Conor Ben fight David Avanesian. It's yeah. maybe a little bit too soon for him to take somebody on at that sort of veteran savviness. You look, we, we see what uh, he ended up doing to remind me the the, the Jordy boy. Sorry, uh, was it the, the guy from Sunderland? Uh, Sam Eggington. Yeah. No. 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 David. Um, oh, Josh Kelly was it? Oh. Hell yeah, great, great knowledge. Um, yeah, that that's the fight I want to see. I don't know that Eddie would put him in uh, at this stage, um, but if there was one man to to just get in his face and make things happen, it would be Connor Ben. So that's the fight I want to see. If he if he gets past, uh, if he doesn't get the Broner fight, he maybe waits about for the winner of Kelbrook and and Khan. I want to see him get European honors against David Avanesian. Get behind that. Go picks them. Yeah. So look, let's just hope half of that happens in the the year to come. But it's been a stellar year in both boxing and MMA. It's been particularly for me watching the sport for as sports uh, for as long as I have. This has been on on a par for one of the best ever years. I think from an MMA standpoint, this is definitely far eclipses even 2006, 2007. And I think that those those past couple of years were some of their best. This is when the UFC's really come into its own. Bellator is really flying the flag now. It is seeing itself as a as a genuinely competitor. And the PFL has been producing some really good stuff time after time. And from boxing, it finally, and we talked about this before, but I think this has been one of the most talented crop of fighters that we've had for a number of years across many different divisions and you know yeah Jake Paul is everywhere and he's a pain in the arse but I don't knock him for the fact that he's actually getting boxing out there as well and long yeah. may it continue yeah definitely you've ended up well there well done you should Sammy. do this yeah I know Sammy look I said to you before we started recording I want big things of the Rap Knuckles podcast this year uh, and that will only happen if people continue to like, subscribe it. We are going to get our shit together in various different formats, including YouTube. We're finally going to just 
get to grips with. Our socials are going to be a hell of a lot better. So if you have been listening since the start of December 2020, when we did our first one, thank you very much. We are going to continue doing this, but we are going to try our hardest to make sure that this is an even bigger podcast in 12 months' time when we come to do this all over again. Definitely. Definitely. Thanks for all the support and keep listening, please. Legend. Thank you, Sammy, again. I will see you next week. See you next week, brother. See you in London. Cheers, mate. Bye. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week.